Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. And so got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host as always, Michael Rothstein, and this episode is brought to you as it has been for the past six months by Bet Online. Go check them out. Sports are coming back. If you're looking to wager on sports, go to Bet Online, use the promo code BLUEWIRE, and you will get a welcome bonus. So I know I took a little bit of a break, a little bit, about a week or so from podcasting just I'll be honest with you I kind of needed a mental break uh I've been going with the podcast basically since October straight have been working since August basically straight at the day job over at ESPN and just ended up being a lot especially with everything that's going on in the world now so I know that we took a couple of episodes off and we're back now we're going to be going back to our twice a week deal and we'll be talking about the issues going on in the world we'll talk some football as well we have a guest today and he'll be up in a few minutes running back Bo Scarborough Bo and I have a pretty open conversation about race he grew up in Alabama obviously went to the University of Alabama thought it was a pretty good conversation we also talk about what it's like to go back to school at Alabama during a pandemic which he is doing now hopefully you saw my story on ESPN on Tuesday, I actually went to Tuscaloosa to go to class with Bo back in the pre-COVID days of January, where I sat in on a class with him. I went to a workout with him. Uh, it was actually part of the Senior Bowl trip down in Mobile. I drove up to Tuscaloosa late one night and then hung out with Bo for probably like four or five hours in Tuscaloosa the next morning and I'll be honest with you that was that was a pretty exhausting trip overall Uh, I'm never going to complain about travel and I'm very grateful for the job I get to do but I will wholly admit that it was it was a struggle driving up from Mobile to Tuscaloosa that night definitely was not at my best and there was just nowhere to pull over Uh, it was probably one of the scarier rides of my life if I'm being honest but hopefully you read the story, thought it was a really interesting story. It was a really interesting look to go back with Bo to college. And, you know, he pretty much people kind of knew him, but they didn't. And it wasn't like he kept a low profile. He was wearing a Detroit Lions hoodie. And, you know, it was just kind of a January day on a college campus. So we get into that a little bit. We get into what he wants to do after he's done with the NFL, which has actually become an FBI agent. He kind of wants to become an investigator, even if it's if it's not in the FBI, maybe in another agency, uh, become a profiler. He, he's really fascinated with all that. He'll get into that a little bit in the podcast. He, he gets into it in the story as well, which I hope that you will read. Uh, and then we talk a little bit about football as well, what he's been doing as far as training to try and stay ready for the upcoming season. But the majority of the conversation is about race and it is about his life right now outside of football, it was a good conversation. Really enjoyed it. Uh, one other thing I want to mention here, because I don't know if you've seen it already. I'm recording this on Wednesday morning, and this has just come out as I'm recording it. But over 1,400 players, coaches, and general managers have signed a letter going to Congress in hopes that they will pass the Amash Presley bill, which is about ending qualified immunity, which basically protects police officers from being sued for uh, civilly when they commit misconduct in the case, like in the cases of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, for example, along with many others. And it's something that a lot of people have been 
clamoring for to end qualified immunity. And the Players Coalition has really taken a stand here to and gather people from the NFL, from the NBA, from Major League Baseball, some big names on that letter. Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich from the Lions. General Manager Bob Quinn signed the letter. Team President Rod Wood signed the letter. Deron Harmon signed the letter. Former Lions Glover Quinn and DeAndre Levy signed the letter. Quarterback David Blau signed the letter. But it, it's... An impressive list of players, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, all on there. If you haven't seen that letter, if you haven't educated yourself on the Amash Presley bill, and there's also a Senate resolution thrown out there by Kamala Harris and Cory Booker as well, uh, I recommend you read those because if you're watching the Black Lives Matter protests, if you're learning about the movement, if you're learning about what's been going on in America— This is one of the first steps to try and combat racism and combat social injustice. So I think it's worth your time to check out that letter, read the letter, learn about the bill uh, as we all move forward and protests continue and the world continues to move in the direction that it is. One other thing I'll mention, not football related, but obviously boxing is back. If you haven't noticed, if you follow me on Twitter, or you read my stuff, you've seen I, I'll cover, I cover a little bit more boxing and MMA now. So top rank boxing's back. They had their first card on Tuesday night. Thought Shakur Stevenson looked really, really good. Again, quality of opponent matters, especially in boxing. And I don't think that his opponent was all that great. But Shakur Stevenson really looks like he could be the real deal when it comes to fighting. Thought the rest of the card was pretty good as well. I really wanted to see Michaela Mayer fight. Obviously, she couldn't because of a positive COVID-19 test that may be a false positive. She and I talked a little bit on Tuesday, and she's hoping that it becomes that so she can get back to training and maybe get on a top-ranked card in July. But, yeah, if you're looking for live sports, boxing's back, and you should check that out. Right after this break, we'll have our interview with Lions running back Bo Scarborough, so stick around. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day every day live on their website looking for something else other than sports bet online has hundreds of casino games poker tournaments and prop bets to check out visit betonline.ag and use promo code blue wire for a free welcome bonus that's one word blue wire bet online your online wagering experts now back to our show Coming down in three, two, one. My next guest on the Michael Rothstein show was a legend coming out of high school when it comes to recruiting. He played at Alabama. Then last year, he ended up on the Detroit Lions for the second half of the season and became a stalwart in their backfield. Bo Scarborough, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going well, man. You know, just uh, still living these end pandemic times and... Uh, everything else going on in the world at the moment. I know it's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> Absolutely. that going on right now. This is like 2020 been probably one of the worst years so far, huh? It's, I mean, it's been something different every week. I, I, someone, a friend of mine had joked like, you know, when, when are the aliens coming and like, <laughs> when are the locusts? And then there was, I think I saw it now. It could have been completely fake. But I think I saw a story somewhere that like giant cicadas were like coming out of the ground. And it's like, well, all right. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how true oh, that man. is, you know? But hope yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's been definitely a weird few months for sure. Uh, it, it just in the landscape of everything, whether it's sports or, uh, you know, or real life. Right. And it just, you know, it, it, it's crazy for everybody, you know, and, you know, especially with the COVID-19 going on and people want to protest during this time. And, you know, some people probably be out there with the coronavirus, but I mean, I, I don't fault them for the protest, but at the same time, you're risking someone else's life. 
Yeah. Now, I guess let's let's start just because obviously it's probably the most topical thing right now. Let's start with with the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. For you, what has the past couple of weeks been like? I mean, from 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 watching it on social media and you know, it just it's just crazy. Is um it's something that you thought, you know, would have happened, but like I told you before, at the same time, I don't fault them for it. Um, you know, racism been a big thing for years. And, you know, when we supposedly freed the slaves, you know, was we really free or, or was it a sin? And so far is like it was a sin, you know, because all the racism that go on today. And, you know, for us black athletes, you know, um, I don't think that is, you know, right. What do you mean by that? Uh, you know, like because uh, you know, we we can't get out there and uh and protest and 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 try to say this and try to say that. I mean, we we like stuck in a bad spot right now. And it's like if we do choose a side, like do we lose our job because we chose this? And then we choose the other side. Do we get heat from from our kind? So it's just like we really stuck in the middle of it, and like just why it's so hard for us because we don't really know what approach to take. You know, you know. What were you saying? And I and then yeah, I just it, I like I say we don't know what approach to take with this, like. What side do we, I mean, we're supposed to choose our kind, yeah. But who knows what would happen if we did. Well, I mean, it seems, at least based off of the last couple of weeks, that, you know, a lot of athletes have been getting out there and protesting. And, I mean, you saw it even up in Detroit with, you know, Jamal Agnew and Romeo and Julian O'Quara were out, you know, at a peaceful at a peaceful march. So does that give you kind of, Hope. I mean, what when you see a lot of athletes, whether they're NBA athletes, NFL athletes, speaking up, speaking out, does that kind of change your opinion on that, or or kind of say, okay, maybe I can speak my mind more? I mean, uh, yeah. If I was uh, asked, you know, like I'm not just you know a type of guy that just come out and just try to speak for you know others and. And, and, you know, you got to watch what you say these days because, you know, you could think that you'd be saying the right thing and someone, and someone else can take it the wrong way. So when when you're speaking out in public, you want to make sure that you got all aspects of it right. So, for, I mean, so what, when you look at yourself right now, like you said, when you're, you know, you, no one's asked you, well, I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, how do you feel about... <laughs> you know, about everything that about that's going on, about, you know, the the prospect of racial equality now, at least coming to the forefront as far as a conversation and systemic, systemic racism coming to the forefront as a question in society. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a long time, you know, we didn't, have, you know, we didn't have, you know, our kind killed and, for no type of reason and like and you see other type video where you know you guys shoot this whole school up and what like, kills however many people and you know he you know walks out in a bulletproof vest and everything's all calm but you know you got other guys that black you know getting killed for holding their hands up and the police saying and they reach for a gun but this guy this white guy over here he just want to kill 14 people you don't think that he gonna kill you, but you you, but y'all bring him out in this bulletproof vest and take him to McDonald's. Like that don't happen in black society. Like we don't we don't we don't we don't get that opportunity. Like it's supposed to be everybody equal, but it's not. And and blacks got it way harder than white people, and and that's just the truth. And we go through so much to get so little and they go and white go through so little and get so much because of the opportunity that they have in front of them. 
and they might say, and the kids that our age might say that it is equal, but they don't really know that it's not because y'all never been on that side where we at because y'all always been on that side. If they put themselves in our shoes and then we'll let them decide is it equal or not. When, you know, I mean, I would say I'm a 39-year-old white guy. I've been the first person to say, I don't know what I don't know. I could never understand any of that. You know, and I think that that's important. Like, I've spent the past week and a half just listening to stories and, and trying to learn because I think that that's, to me at least, the first step, right? But for you, when did you realize you know, like when did you first have the conversation with family or when did you first kind of sense like, wow, like there is racism in society? Oh, well, we did, so you know that when you go to school, you know, the school is, <laughs> it might say it's all together, but yeah, there's no black in the class or white. There's gonna be white in this class and there ain't gonna be black in this class. Why they can't mix it up? When I was in when I was in high school and I was in advanced class, guess what was in that advanced class? All black. So like, yeah, you see it from then, and you get like teachers was doing it, like, you know. So you know, it's just like the teacher show more favoritism to the white uh, kid than the black all around the school, and you like and and back back in Alabama, like in Northridge. Man, white white dudes bring their guns to school on the back of their truck and say, ain't nothing said about it. But let a black kid have his gun on the back of his truck. Oh, he getting expelled, going to jail, they calling the police and all type of things. And that's just how it is. So do we get treated equally? No, we don't. <laughs> and living in Alabama, you you're one of the most places you will see that. So you, you learned that early on, like you said, growing up just outside of Tuscaloosa. Yeah, because of where I came from is all uh, black people, you know, in our community, in the neighborhood. We don't see white people in Utah, Alabama, like in this in the city of Utah. Yeah. So you go down both Scarborough Avenue or Highway 43, all black. whites around even the police is you might have one white police and he ain't from there he from democracy <laughs> <laughs> well, all right wait so, before before we go back i, I want to bring levity to this for like half a second of did you have you have a street named for you in your hometown or are you just like call that yourself no nah, then, then i have a i have a street that's my street <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shoot, oh, you know, my boy OJ do too. OJ Howard, he do too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract from the conversation, but I just couldn't let that one go. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. When did that happen? Um, Back in 2019 in February. Oh, real? okay. Mm-hmm. So they have a whole ceremony and the whole thing? Like, is there like a sign that says Bo Scarborough Avenue? Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Like two of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, how does how do they even approach you? Just say, hey, we want to name a street after you in our town? Like, is that yeah. that simple? Or Yeah. And, you, you know, they probably uh, did, some, did some things up there at the board or whatever. You know how they go. You know, they had to go through the districts and you know, through the board and the mail and all that. But yeah, basically. <laughs> what what have conversations been like with your teammates over the past couple of weeks? Um, you know, um, basically, you know, about the racism and how 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 they could help, and you know. How they gotta, um, how they gonna start out uh, speaking more, and you know, calling people out more, and and you know, converse with us more, and um, 
trying to find ways how, um, like I was telling you like uh, a week ago, to come closer to each other and, you know, each other's story, like invite each other over for dinners and, you know, try to see their side of the family and they try to see our side. And, you know, just more things like that, more communication and getting to know each other. When, when you're, did you share, I mean, so we're going to get into it in a little bit, but obviously you've been back at Alabama in classes. One of the classes you took were interpersonal communication. So when you're in these conversations, do you start sharing as well on the Zoom call or are you sitting back and listening or did everybody share? Like, what was that like? I, uh, I shared before and um, yeah, yeah, I shared before. And like I was telling, O'Day, like, you know, he was like telling us to talk to the mayor or, you know, whoever to try to change it. And I'm telling him like, you know, that don't work. You know, it don't work like that. Not not where we from. And, and I'm pretty sure Reggie and Carry on and all the other guys, you know, and Trey, you know, Trey Flowers and, I'm, you know, all those guys, I'm pretty sure that they can vouch and say that it don't work. Like you just can't go up there and think that you're gonna change something. Like people probably gonna look at you, you know, funny, crazy. So, so how do you think things for and for those who don't know, everybody that you named is from has been spending significant time in the state of Alabama. How do you think things can change in Alabama then? That. Yeah, people just gotta be truthful, be truthful, you know, from themselves, from white and black. And, you know, people gotta really give people the same amount of opportunity. Like, this person can't get no more opportunity than, than this, the next. Like, if they say that it's done this way, then go by the way that it's done. Don't do this for this person because of who they dad is or because of who they mom is or what their grandfather did 20 years ago. Now, how you know that this person going to be like their grandfather 20 years from back then? No, nah, it don't work like that. I think that if everybody do the right thing, how the rule is, they say it's equal, then let it be equal. If, if they can't qualify for all the rules that's on the paper, then they, they, they can't get the job or whatever they're trying to do. And of course, black people gonna need more help because of all the time that we done lost. Not saying that we should get more than a, the next, but you know how it is. So, had, is there a way, have you, you know, have you and Carry On and Trey, have you talked about how to maybe try to affect change in Alabama? Like, have you started having those conversations together? Or, or, or has maybe you had them with some of your other Alabama teammates? Or, Oh, uh, actually, we haven't. And um, I think that's something that we, you know, actually need to talk about and try to come up with some ways if it works. And who knows? Who knows if it's going to still be the same or it? It's all this for nothing. It, it, it's you're the you're not the first person I've spoken to that that said that. Is it all this for nothing? I mean, what is that in the back of your mind? Like, does that still sit in the back of your mind, even though we're sitting on two weeks, you know, of attention that's gone on this in a what is generally a twelve-hour news cycle for any story imaginable right. these days? Honestly, you know, <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, I do, I do. I do think all of it is for nothing. Like people saying that, yeah. shit, <laughs> three months watch, back to the same thing that it was before. How do you think you keep that from happening? Because obviously you don't want that to happen. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a big question. Like that's, a, that's really an important question that, we, that the world need to be asked. How? Do you keep it from happening? Truth and respect. That's how.
Truth and respect. Is it? Is everybody gonna be true with themselves and do what they say they gonna do? Oh, they just saying it and it's telling lies to the blacks and making them believe whatever. The the fact that so Deron Harmon talked on Friday. And he said that, you know, one of the things that he thinks that will help once lives get back to normal and pandemic from like a, hey, we can go out to restaurants and do things in a pandemic, you know, the pandemic slowing down is making sure the conversation is constant. You you know, whether it's talking Mm -hmm. once a week, talking twice a week, you all have a, you know, you all have as athletes have a platform to talk about. Is that kind of where you think you can help affect change? Sure. Yeah. Most definitely. If everybody can stay connected and, and keep talking about it, yeah. Yeah. If it's, yeah. I think so. So, like you said, you – is it, by the way, before we move on from, from the topic of, of race, is there anything else that you want people to know about your story when it comes to, to you know, racial injustice, to racism – to the Black Lives Matter movement that, that you maybe haven't been able to say in the past that you want to say now? I just, it's just wrong. And, you know, people have families and, you know, and the people who doing it, like, Mercedes is just like the cop that did whatever he did to pat his knee in um, George Floyd's neck. Not only that he gonna take the heat from it, not his if he married, his kids, his mother, his sisters, it's, it's his whole family because they know this is his family. So and it's sad that George Floyd's family gotta go through what they went through. And it it's just wrong, completely heartbreaking. What if it were me? Think about how my family would feel. Or if he was one of my family members, hell, shit, can't no money, can't no money bring my, bring me back, can't no money bring nobody back. Ain't no match how much they donate, how much they, yeah, then they gonna bring George Ford back, then they gonna bring Trayvon Martin back. No, like, I don't get it. What if, what if, what if somebody killed that cop? dad, uncle, nephew, and he sat there and watched it. Think about how he would feel. Yeah, that's sad, man. You killing somebody's sons, you killing somebody's daddy, you killing somebody's nephew, that's maybe even somebody's grandfather. Now his kids, kids can't don't grow up without a grandfather. Now they gotta tell another kid that they don't even know their grandfather. That is not right. You you mentioned what if it's me, when and I, I hate going back to what Deron had talked about on Friday, but you know he had said that he thinks about that too. Like that when he when he sees the George Floyd video and he's seen some of the other videos, he's like, what if that's me? What if that's my cousins? What if that's my dad? Like, do you think that as well when you see these videos? Yeah. Like, does that go through your head? Yeah. Every every. Everyone, yeah, I got family members that you know that live in all those places, right there in the area. And it would be sad to hear that one of my family members got killed by police. Oh, something that he ain't even done, ain't innocent as ever. And you can see it. Nah, something have to be done to that person. Or the the Judas system one. Well, one thing I can tell you is, at least on this show, I know you said, you know, the conversation has to continue to happen, right? On this show, the conversation will, and you know, even though we're going to talk about some other topics here as well, whenever you want to talk about this conversation, you can, you, you can feel free to come on here and talk about it. 
because I, I think it's going to be a conversation that's going to continue to happen and should continue to happen. Oh, yeah, um, most definitely. E even after the social media hashtag world of it uh, starts to dissipate whenever that is. Um, so one of the other things that we, you know, that you and I have talked about a lot recently is you've been back in college. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not, and I admit, like, to, my, to our listeners, that yeah, was not the yeah, easiest yeah. Of, tr of transitions. <laughs> But you've been and back. The pandemic makes that up. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, so actually, the, for one of the first things I want to ask you about with college, because one of the classes you're taking now is an African American studies class, correct? Mm -hmm. What is that class, and how has that has that class started diverging into conversations about what's going on in the world right now? Like what? Not just yet, because it just started. Last week, actually. Oh, so, perfect time. <laughs> not just yet. So I get back with you when I, when you know, if it does happen, and I let you know like what went on. Yeah. So what is the subsect of the African American Studies class? Is there a specific like focus on it? Uh, no, not really. You know, not exactly. I can't tell you much about it right now. Okay. I just wasn't sure if it was like, because I, I went on the Alabama's, uh, Alabama's like registrar just to kind of see what mm -hmm. the different offerings were. And like, there was one that was like 19th century, you know, African-American history. Then there was like 20th century African. So I wasn't sure if there was a specific one you were taking. Man, I'm not even not, I'm beyond with you. History, I ain't even my thing. <laughs> <laughs> His is not even my thing, man. Like, if, if it had to do so with criminal justice, I can sit here and talk to you all day about that. You know what I'm saying? But then, gosh, the history with all these numbers and, you know, with everything that went on, and I, I can't tell you much about it. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> what has it been, like you said, the pandemic ruined. So for those who didn't uh, check it out yet, uh, my story about Bo going back to Tuscaloosa and back to college ran on Tuesday. Uh, even though we're recording this Monday night, this is going coming out on Thursday. Just time stamping it for everybody here. What has it been like? What was it like pre-pandemic going back to college when you're a couple years out and like, you know, an NFL player back on campus? Man, I was, I had a routine going you know, I would, <laughs> you know, I go to class in the morning, and then I get out of the class, and you know, me, OJ, and Sean Dion, you know, and Chris and Miller will work out, and then I get some treatment, then I do rehab, then we do lunch, and then you know, we get in the hot tub and cold tub, and you know, by the time you know we get through doing all that, it's about five, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock, and you know, it, around that time, it get dark about. What, 5.30, 5.45. So, so every time, you know, we'll get some, you know, dinner and, and call it a night sometime. You know, not going to sleep, but, you know, be chilling. Yeah. Was it different being back there this year versus when you were there as a full-time student? Or? Yeah, it's different. When you see them boys out there doing fourth quarter, you're like, whoa, I ain't got to be out there with them running like that. You Are you talking about the football players? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then I used to be like, when I was in college, and then you know how you go to class with the students, then, you know, after we got out of class, we went straight over to the uh, facility. Yeah. So I would, I'd be thinking that I'd be watching these kids leave, and I'd ask them, I'm like, what you about to go and do? And then I'd say, they finna go, you know, do, you know, whatever. But I'm like, shit, we gotta go over here at 12. The meeting started two weeks, be hot outside. Man, I've been acing on the AC. <laughs> I always wonder, you know, what it was like just being a, you know, a regular student. Yeah. And, you know, and got to do whatever you want to do on your own time. But I, I think I would like the football way better. <laughs> I was going to say, so you got about two months of regular student life before the pandemic sent you online only. What, what, like you said, what was that like to be like, wait a minute, I 
can just kind of do my work and then I'm good and I don't have to go and sit in five hours of meetings. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I was like, but I still used to go sit in a meeting with them sometime though, you know, just to you know keep up with football and, you know, keep the knowledge going. But it was very different. You know, you ate at a different time or whatever. And it was just different. You know, you can walk around campus a little bit more than you did. You know, you weren't in a rush to get nowhere. You know, you, you know, you can kind of scroll it a little bit. And actually got to live a regular college student life. <laughs> it's funny, but I've talked to some athletes. Like when I used to cover college basketball and college football, I would talk to college athletes. And they, one of the common conversations they would have would be like, I wonder what my GPA in my life would be like if I wasn't playing basketball or football. Because they, and they were all like, my GPA would have been so much better. Like now that you experienced it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree. It is what? It is. It is. It is. For real? Yeah. Does it almost make you wish, like, man, you know, like, like maybe I could have balanced this better? Or was there no shot of that happening? Man, no shot. No shot of that happening. You'd be so tired. You'd be like, yeah. You know, you can't, uh, it ain't gonna work. <laughs> so for those who maybe haven't read the story, what, what are you studying? You're two and you're in your last two classes now before you can graduate. Um, first, why did you decide to go back? And second, what are you going back? What did you go back to study? All right. And one of the reasons I went back, from because of my for myself, it was something that I started, so I I have to finish it. And then I'm always about if I start something, I gotta finish it. And then uh, I can't say that I'm the first one in my family that went to college and graduated, but you know I'm my mom's only child, so you know I wanted to you know make her happy also. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm studying in criminal justice. Someday I want to be an FBI agent investigator and you know, live out my dream and, you know, work some crimes if the system changes. <laughs> you, you say that, but I mean, has, has the last couple of weeks changed your thought process on that? Uh-uh. No? Uh-uh. Hell no. Ain't no outside world going to change my dream. <laughs> what I got for myself, uh-uh. Hell no, nah, I ain't gonna let nobody stop me doing what I want to do. What made you decide that you wanted to become an FBI agent? Man, yeah. I don't know, it's just something that I always wanted to do, you know? You know, but back, you know, back in the day, you used to say you want to do this and you want to do that. And I just, it's just something that I'm very good at. <laughs> all right, all right. How does one know that they are good at being an FBI agent without because, being an because FBI? you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta do something that you love doing. Like you love doing this, right? Like you like you like being a reporter. You love it, right? You've been doing it for X amount of years. Too many years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if you ain't if, if you ain't love doing it, I'm pretty sure you won't be doing it to this day. Not what you did, you did came all the way to Alabama and saw me. When you were supposed to be down at the, uh, the little All-Star game. So you yeah, tell me, yeah, I know. You knew. You knew, shit, that's something I like doing. <laughs> I see myself doing it. I can wake up every day and be happy to go to work to do it. Yeah, I, it was it is. It's always been a dream. I, yeah, I just wasn't sure if there was something that you saw like early on as a kid. Like you said, you've always wanted that. You're like, you know what? I, because a lot of kids will say, yeah, I want to be an FBI agent. I want to be an astronaut. I want to, 
you know, be a fireman. I wanted to be a cab driver for a while. Um, hey, that's that's part of growing up in New York. Like, I was really fascinating to like drive people around. And I was six, so clearly I had my, you know, understanding yeah, see, order. Yeah, see, where I'm from, we ain't thinking about driving. We, you talking about driving a cab, somebody, they gonna look at you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I had weird dreams as a kid. Um, I did. And by the way, fulfilled that as an adult because I drove Lyft one off-season um, while I covered the NFL. I was doing that a couple years ago. Just did you like it? It was different. Um, I, I liked it until I saw the amount of miles it put on my car and yeah. the damage uh, it was doing to my car. Uh. I love other than <laughs> other than a couple of um, interesting experiences, we'll call them like a little bit of like questionable, like why, like uncomfortable moments with people in your car. Um, it was awesome. I got to meet and talk to a bunch of interesting people i was able to you know i i used the money and gave some of it to charity and then put some of it away as well as a little bit extra money but i enjoyed the interaction so you know which was what i really enjoyed about it so i all right for like six-year-old me was happy for you know doing that as well but like so for six-year-old seven-year-old you you wanted to be an fbi agent not everybody fulfills that dream or or kind of decides to go with it like, what made you kind of say, you know what, I'm going to still go with it? Like I, I got, like I told you before, you know, there's something that I always want to do. Yeah. And if I started, you know, I'm going to finish it. And I don't see myself doing too many other things that I want to do for the rest of my life. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to pursue my dream to be. Did you give that thought? And, like, if I t- and then if I tell too much on here, then, then they ain't gonna be interested in my story. <laughs> oh, and the story! <laughs> well, the story's coming. The story's been out for two days, Bo. Mm. <laughs> you should have told me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the story's coming out. So we're recording this Monday. Story's coming out Tuesday. Podcast is dropping Thursday. Mm, okay. So they will have they will have already read the story. Hopefully, um, by that time. Uh, so based off of that, I mean, so when you, last year, you spent half the season not on a team, you were training at IMG Academy. At that point, did you start looking even heavier at, okay, what maybe will my next step be to get to be an FBI agent or work at an agency because you were not in the NFL at that point in time, or were you still so focused on the NFL that you were like, it's still NFL or bust. I've got 40 years to worry about the yeah, I was I was still focused on that during that time, you know, because I was uh, I was training and everything, and then plus I you know I still had to go back to school to, you know, get the degree or whatever. So yeah, I was still focused on football at the time. Have you started looking into what it will take to become an agent? Like what processes you have to go through? Now, because now you're close to graduation, you're two months away. Obviously, you, you want to be playing in the NFL for a bit while longer, but mm-hmm. have you started to kind of look at those as- avenues as well? I mean, uh, a little bit, but, you know, not as much right now at the moment. But, yeah, and it's uh, it quite a bit. You know, you got to go to this police academy and shit. So uh, I see about that. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, dang, like, why I got to go to a police academy? And I ain't trying to be no police. But, you know, that's just one of the things that you have to do. That's you know? that's one of the first steps. Yeah. So do you want to be, and we talk about it a little bit in the story, do you want to be a field agent? Do you want to be more of an investigator, a profiler? Like, uh, Yeah, more an investigator type. You know, uh, investigation scenes, try to see what happened. I mean, I did it in um, two months, uh, not two months, six months with my internship at uh, in Tuscaloosa. Did you? So, what, what did you learn from that internship? Like, what did you take from that? Like, it's a, it's a lot of work that you got to do. Like, some people, 
you got to know how to talk to people. And sometimes some people talk to you, some people won't. Then when they don't talk to you, it makes your job a little bit more harder. So now you got to find out who else can you talk to to try to get this evidence. Uh, man, it was just a, we was, we was driving all over the place. We would drive four to five minutes and we were trying to talk to somebody and they said no. Shit. <laughs> I like, dang. But, you know, I, obviously I can't talk about some of the cases. Of but course. Yeah. Does that give you more respect for what I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> because that's the same thing, you know. We, yeah. My life is easier when people talk to me. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I've been understood that. <laughs> you mentioned... You know, before that, you know, you're, you're your mom's only son. I, and just to be clear, are you the first person in your family to graduate from college or or not? I'm not. You're not? Okay. No. We have a few others. You know, they went to Auburn and other colleges near the Tennessee. <laughs> what will it be like for you when you do whenever, because I don't know when you'll walk because we don't know when at all mm -hmm. of the, we, we don't know when that's going to be allowed. But like, right. Who but, knows? Yeah. But when you, when you walk, what's that feeling going to be like? I can't tell you that I, something that I haven't been through, but I know, uh, shit. It'll be a lot that I don't accomplish. I guess, you know, it'll be a burden off me because then I, uh, like, I won't keep saying to myself, man, I got to go back to school. Man, I got to go back to school. <laughs> and then it'll be, it'll be messing with me the whole time that I haven't done it. So I won't even have to say that to myself no more. So there'll be a lot off, off me. And then, who, and then I say, who would have ever thought? <laughs> Were there people questioning that you would go back? A lot, yeah, probably. Yeah. Who knows? You know how people around here is, man. Some people say, man, now, man, I was sure hoping you went back to school knowing damn well they were hoping you didn't. Really? That's how it works. That's how the world works. Every that People might they tell you one thing but say another. <laughs> That's how it go. So what have you been up to in the pandemic? Besides school, controlling, controlling what I can control, and that's what both Scarborough do: working out, doing these Zoom meetings, eating, and chilling, hollering at my boy Chris, OJ, to you know, the regular, the norm, staying out of the way. Yeah. You mentioned, um, you know, obviously workouts and things like that. What has your workout regimen been? Did that get impacted? By COVID, like what are you doing differently? Uh, the only thing that's different is that I'm not in the gym and actually lifting weights. But we, I got all, I got the whole, now I got everything that I need over over here. I got, I got all the bands, got a sled, got a ladder, got hurdles, got cones. I got everything. Where where did you get all that? Did you have that already, or did you like go on a big Amazon run, or did the Lions send that to you? Like, I already had it from over the years. Okay. And and then I had one and bought a ladder and um, hurdles and cone. And then my boy uh, Johnny Jackson, he sent me down here with a sled. Yeah. So you borrowed a sled from Tuscaloosa and brought it to Texas. Yeah. Yep. Did you have that pull ship? It. Did you drive it? I drove it. <laughs> yeah. What I know you mentioned before we started recording, you've been working out a little bit with other guys. Like mm -hmm. what? What got like? Who have you been training with? What have those workouts been like? Uh, I do mostly my workouts on my own, mm -hmm. and um, but uh, it's a like on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays, um, me, David Blau, uh, Ty Johnson, uh, Chris Lacey, 
and Jason Hunt will go on the field and, you know, and throw a little bit, you know, goal plays and, and you know, try to get uh, Jason Hunt used to hearing the plays and, and stuff like that. Was was Jason working out with you guys before he got picked? Did you know him before he got picked by the Lions? No. Okay. No, I didn't. I didn't. Okay. So did you get when you saw Ty, the video of Ty Johnson dragging a Jeep, like did you did you guys give him crap about that? Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, boy, you gonna hurt somebody that trying to pull, trying to show off for that media. But nah. <laughs> But nah, I was actually surprised that, you know, he can do that. And, you know, we gave him credit for it. Have you tried anything like that? Well, we used to push the truck. We didn't use to pull it. But <laughs> wow, the truck was a little bigger than that, though, Ty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that, that it was impressive. I saw it and I was like, well, that's something I'll never, ever be able to do in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You will. No. You'll be amazed. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now. That ain't happening. <laughs> you will be amazed. You will be amazed at what that battle of yours can do. Maybe. <laughs> what, what's been, the for you, the best moment of your career? Um... Best moment. Oh, let's see. Probably getting drafted. Really? Yeah. I mean, because you know that's that's every kid's dream. You know, is to get drafted, and when you live it, it's it's, it's different. You know, you appreciate it a lot more. What was draft weekend like for you? Because you were taken on the third day. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's a long day. <laughs> right. What was that weekend like? What was that day like for you? It was long. It was, yeah, it was long. And, and you know, I kind of knew because of, you know, injuries, in, you know, in the past and, and everything. But, you know, so you kind of expect it. And uh, but yeah, like I said, like it was is one one of the longest days, you know, when on the third day, and and then that happened. And but when it when it does happen, it's a relief. What did you do that day? Because I mean, you were like that. That's hours upon hours. Were you watching the draft? Were you kind of like doing your own thing, like? Yeah, I wasn't watching it. I was kind of doing my own thing a little bit. But, you know, they was we, – we, I had people on the inside. They was watching. You know, we was – you know, me and my friends or whatever, we was out, you know, we was out back chilling or whatever. So you got you were just hanging – so it was all in, like, in your house and you were just hanging out outside? Yeah, I was in Atlanta, yeah. So – when you see that, like when you get the call, do you like run back inside to see it on the TV, or like do you not even see your name come up on the TV? Or uh, I was actually walking out of the kitchen, you know, and then I turned back around and was at the TV. <laughs> That's I was walking outside, finna go back. I was walking from the kitchen, finna go outside, and. And then they call. When you see that, when you see your name flash, what's that emotion like? Like you said, I mean, you say that that has been the best moment of your career. What What was that emotion like when that happens? It just, uh, it's like, um, that moment, It's like wow, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a really big wow with it. Uh, a lot of explanation marks behind it, and <laughs> and, and when I say it, it's a lot, it's a lot, and it's just like somebody believe in you, you know, 
Jerry Jones and uh, Jason Garrett. And it just, you know, you want to show your talent more. Yeah. What were the first, what was the first year and a half like for you in the league? Because, I mean, you, be, you bounced around a little bit between, you know, a couple, a few different teams before you landed in Detroit. Just what was that like for you? Um, it was hectic, you know, and it was like, you, uh, you got to find a home. And, and it was just, I can't even really explain it because uh, it was just a lot, you know, going from here to there. How did you deal with it? Like you said, I mean, it's hectic. You, you don't really know what's going on. You're on practice squads. You're bouncing here, you know, back and forth. How do you mentally deal with that? Because that's the first time in your career you've been in that situation. Yeah, you just, I mean, Coach Saban have you ready for these situations, though, because he have, uh, he puts you in a situation where you're uncomfortable. And you got to uh, be comfortable being uncomfortable. So when, when we got uncomfortable, we already knew how to, you know, handle the situation uh, mentally and physically. So it was it was hard, but it was at the same time it was easy because I knew how to handle the situation. You know, you can't get discouraged, you know, because of that. And you probably got just got to fix one system. What was it like when you finally got to Detroit? Because I, I actually remember. I don't know if you remember this. I, I was in the bat when you signed. I was actually trailing the equipment staff that day. Yeah. There when you were like trying on your helmet and like your pads and all that. Like I was a fly on the wall. I don't know if you knew that or not. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was there. That day. <laughs> you know, when you got to practice for the practice squad. Like what? What was it like when you signed in Detroit and like then you get promoted and you're like, wow, I'm gonna get work. Like I'm gonna actually get a chance finally after. It's that. a start. It's a start. And, and and you get a chance to show your your you get a chance to showcase your athletic system, and you know you get a chance to prove people wrong. But when you get that chance, you gotta take advantage of it, and you gotta run with it. Do you feel like you did that last year? Yeah, I do, definitely. What's it going to be like, you think, this year? Obviously, off-season's been virtual. We don't know what anything's going to look like with COVID. Uh, what's this year going to be like, you think? Like, how do you prep for it mentally, and, and how do you kind of sit there and say, okay, what am I going to do? You just got to be ready for all situations that can possibly happen. And you just got to be ready when your number is called. But... uh I don't know, man. Who knows how it will turn out, you know? Yeah. You know, it start one way, then go another. How 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 comfortable are you going back to, you know, whenever – because it seems like you guys won't be able to go back until training camp, and I know they put out protocols on Monday um, of what that's going to look like. How comfortable are you at this point going back to work? To my what all is going on? Yeah, with COVID and yeah. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm having my mask and my gloves, I tell you that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't trying to get no coronavirus, man. You know, you hear me? You hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I can't get no coronavirus. Mm, this get the hell out of me. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know, man. But I I can tell you this, when I go, I'ma have my mask and I'ma have my gloves. And they gotta, you know, you gotta stay back. But I don't know how they're gonna work though. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that turns out. How's it been for you? Like, do you go sh like when you go food grocery shopping now? Like, are you fully masked up? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, you better know it. <laughs> you better know it. Yeah, I'm covered up. 
<laughs> I know you've been cooped up in that house, though. You don't even know what it feels like to go outside. Yeah. How often <laughs> would you go outside? Like, how often were you venturing outside besides when you would go train with OJ um, during everything? I mean, a lot. You did go outside a lot? Yeah. I did. Just with masks and gloves and the whole deal. Mm-hmm. Would you train with a mask on? Like when you would you be working out with mask on? No. Uh-uh. Okay, I just wasn't sure. Like you know, because yeah. you're talking about all that. No, cool. No. Okay. Hey, Bo. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, really appreciate it, and. Uh, Yeah, man. Hopefully you'll come back again soon. Oh, yeah, I definitely will. Awesome. I want to thank Bo Scarborough for coming on the show. It'll be interesting to see where he fits in to the Lions backfield this year. Obviously, they have Kerryon Johnson. They have DeAndre Swift. Bo Scarborough, a different back than those two. He's a bigger back, a more bruising back. Really, they don't have another back like him on the roster. So as he gets into training camp, it's going to be interesting to see what goes on. You can follow Bo Scarborough on Instagram at the number five, Tar, T-A-R, Bo, B-O. And you can follow him on Twitter at Starbo, S-T-A-R-B-O, the number zero and the number six. You can follow me as always on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein. You can follow me on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And as always, check out the podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave a five-star review. More importantly, download, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast because it'll help this show grow. We will be back at you on Monday. Have a great weekend.